Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Welcome to the Daily Hammer, your daily news source when it comes to the Atlanta Braves as part of the Battery Power Podcast Network. My name is Sean Coleman. Hope wherever you are and wherever you're listening, you are having a great start to your Wednesday. Of course, you can find the Daily Hammer, the Battery Power Podcast, and the podcast to be named later, all at BatteryPower.com, at BatteryPowerSB, and across all forms of social media. And free on all podcast platforms. Wherever you choose to listen, that's where we'll be for free. Just hit that subscribe button and you'll get the latest content when it's available. My name's Sean Coleman. You can find me at StatsSAC on Twitter. When it comes to the Braves, here's the latest from Atlanta. And my, what a difference a week makes. If you go back to last week, the Braves were coming off, entering last Tuesday, the Braves were coming off a three-game losing streak in for a much more competitive series against the Pittsburgh Pirates than many had anticipated, and they were trying to figure out their starting pitching. The starting pitching was going through a very tough stretch of struggles last week as the Braves were making their way through their road trip. But now fast forward to this week, and man, what a difference a week truly makes. The Braves have now won four out of five entering the game on Tuesday, and they had beat both New York teams in four out of those five games. The offense had been the story, especially on Monday night in the 11-3 victory over the Yankees. And make no mistake, Monday night was one of the best offensive performances this Braves team had put together in the second half of the season. And offense had been the main reason why the Braves had kind of righted the ship and had gotten back to winning at a frequent clip. But quietly, the starting pitching for the Braves had really gotten more consistent during the series in New York against the Mets, and Max Freed had a strong start on Monday night against the Yankees. But the offense, without that, without a doubt, was the storyline that led to victory on Monday night, and it looked like that would be the case once again on Tuesday evening. Coming into Tuesday's game, the Yankees were going to be featuring Luis Severino. He entered the game with an ERA above 8, and among all starting pitchers in baseball, he had the highest first-inning ERA of anybody in baseball. Luis Severino had an ERA above 13 in the first inning entering Tuesday night's game. That obviously was not a great setup for the Yankees as they were facing a Braves offense that legitimately is on pace to be the best first-inning offense in a single season in baseball history. The script was the, the script was already written, the stage was set, and the Braves did not disappoint. An absolute no doubt of a home run off the bat of Marcelo Zuna gave the Braves an early 3-0 lead. And it also made some history. With that home run, the Braves have now hit 35 first-inning home runs this season. That is a new franchise record for the Braves, and they still have 44 games remaining in the season. That's how dominant they've been in the first inning of games this year. But while the offense did their job in the first inning, I don't think really anyone could have thought, especially with you know some of the struggles that Bryce Elder has had 
earlier this season, or excuse me, recently in terms of his starts. I don't think anybody would have thought that that's all that the Braves would need to support Bryce Helder in his start, but he left no doubt early and often. A two-run homer from Ronald Acuna Jr. later on in the game would make the score 5 to nothing. but all the Braves needed was one run. They were able to get the job done. While the offense set the tone early, pitching is what defined the game on Tuesday night. Bryce Elder, seven innings pitched, three walks, three strikeouts, only one earned run. A.J. Minter and Kirby Yates also came in and were flawless in their outings, both earning a strikeout. The end result was not only a 5 to nothing victory, but the Braves getting their first one-hit shutout since 2016. And they did it against an offense. I don't think anybody's going to call the Yankees offense one of the best in baseball, but they still do have some pretty formidable hitters. But this Braves staff, once again, got the job done, but this time in historic fashion, their first one-hit shutout since the start of two, or since, since 2016. And of course, what stood out the most was Bryce Elder. As we've discussed in the second half of the season, Elder has certainly run into some regression. He definitely has not been as effective over the past month, month and a half, as he had been before the All-Star break. But what stood out on Tuesday night was that Elder looked much like he did in the first half of the season when he was putting together an All-Star campaign. The slider was working. Though he at times did, was, did not have the best of control, he limited the damage. Only three walks on the night. And the biggest thing that stood out about Bryce Elder was the fact that he was able to get nine ground outs versus four flyouts. Not only was the slider working, but Bryce Elder was able to trust his defense, keep the ball on the ground, limit the damage, limit hard contact. He didn't give up any home runs. He didn't run into issue early in the game like had you know kind of been what had given him the biggest struggles in recent starts. He was in full control, and even when he did run, run into a bit of trouble, he made the pitches that he needed to do. Getting double plays, getting those ground outs, preventing the Yankees from putting together a stretch where either they got runners on base due to walks, or they made hard contact a few batters in a row. Those are the two things that had really haunted Bryce Elder in his recent starts, but on Tuesday night, he was in complete control. So the Braves have now got a series win against the Yankees, and the best thing about it of all is that they've been two dominant wins. Again, the offense on Monday was the reason for the Braves getting the job done. On Tuesday, it was the best pitch, it was arguably their best pitching performance of the season. We wanted to talk about this Braves team getting back to being more balanced, getting back to asserting how talented and good they were to be able to once again win games at a frequent pace. And that's exactly what they've done now is they've now won five out of their last six. But make no mistake about it again. The offense has been outstanding over the past week plus to last week when the Braves were struggling to help them continue to win games. But now that they're back to being winning games at a very frequent pace, the offense has likely been the main reason why. But quietly, this Braves starting staff is riding into form and the Braves hope that that continue on Wednesday evening with Charlie Morton taking the mound.
So entering Tuesday, the other notable news from Monday was the fact that Ozzie Albies was officially placed on the 10-day injured list with the hamstring strain. Again, the Braves making the right decision, giving Albies the time that he needs to get fully healthy to allow for him to not, you know, number one, to be 100% healthy, but also to make sure, you know, a hamstring injury is one of those injuries that could linger. It, it could come back and hurt once again if it doesn't if it's not given the proper time to heal, the Braves are doing the right thing in making sure that Ozzie Alves is not only 100%, but they're minimizing the chance that the injury could happen again in the future. In response to Albies being placed on the 10-day injured list, the move that many had anticipated occurred on Tuesday. Vaughn Grissom was called up from Gwinnett to take Ozzie Albies' spot on the Braves roster, and it was well-deserved. Vaughn Grissom has been absolutely outstanding, especially over the past few months, at Gwinnett, you can see clear progress in his overall offensive approach. He's hitting for power. He's getting on base. He's making smart decisions. He's more decisive and is doing more damage when he puts the ball in play this year compared to last year. He's continuing to evolve his offensive game, so the promotion to the majors was certainly deserved. But with that promotion, a lot of fun discussion on Tuesday was about who should be given the bulk of the starts at second base for the Braves while Ozzie Albies was on the injured list. And there were some good points about Von Grissom. It doesn't really make sense for him to be brought up to the majors to sit on the bench instead of him playing every day. That made sense. Seeing if Von Grissom at the major league level, seeing if the progress he's made in the minors could translate to the major league level and the Braves validating that they have another offensive piece they could potentially use in the postseason. That makes sense as well. So Von Grissom getting a few starts here and there, I think definitely makes sense. But without a doubt, the two biggest areas of needs, the two areas where the Braves must improve their consistency as they have a full focus on the postseason is with their defense and their starting staff. And Nicky Lopez, when you compare him and Von Grissom, his defensive upside is the biggest aspects of is the biggest aspect of those two players that supports the biggest areas of need for the Braves right now. And I think that's why he got the start on Tuesday and why he's going to get the majority of starts. When Bryce Elder is going good, for instance, he's initiating weak contact. He's getting a lot of ground balls, so he needs the Braves' defense behind him to be as strong as possible. Without a doubt, the Braves are at that level with Nicky Lopez being in the game. So I think the defensive upside of Lopez, as well as the fact that he's shown he, he can handle his own offensively, that's likely going to be the reason why he gets the bulk of the starts, because his presence on the field helps the Braves' offense be as strong as possible, while also making the starting pitching more consistent. So I think that Von Grissom will get a few starts here and there, but Nicky Lopez will likely handle the bulk of the starts for the Braves until Ozzie Albies returns. And back to that consistency of the starting pitching. Again, I think that it's not at the spot, there's not a big enough spotlight that's been placed on just how consistent the Braves starting pitching has been over this five wins in six game stretch. Again, without a doubt, the biggest reason why the Braves are winning games right now is because of their offense. But they're winning so frequently because they're balanced. They're putting on a great offensive show, but the starting pitching for the Braves is doing its job being highly effective, limiting opposing offenses. Let's go back to the start of the recent road trip for the Braves. Possibly the busiest road trip that the Braves will have all season. That was 13 games ago. You know, they played in Chicago for three and Pittsburgh for four and New York against the Mets for four. And now they play two games against the Yankees in Atlanta. So let's look at the last 13 games for the Braves. 
That started two Fridays ago when Max Reed returned from the injured list, put on an absolutely outstanding performance. The Braves had that seven-run fourth inning and eight-to-nothing victory. Great start to the road trip. But then the Braves run into struggles. If you go back 12 games, that would put you in the second game against Chicago two weekends ago. When you look at the last 12 games for the Braves, the first six-game stretch of the last 12 games, the Braves went 2-4, and four, and that's when the starting pitching was running into all types of struggles. Over that six-game stretch, the last two games in Chicago and the series against Pittsburgh, over that six-game stretch, the Braves starters gave up 33 runs in 25 and one-third innings. Giving up walks, hard hits, home runs, you name it, the Braves were doing it, and they were struggling. And without a doubt, there were reason to be a bit concerned because it was everybody struggling all at once. But there also was reason to have hope that, hey, maybe this was just short sample size noise. It was just a tough stretch that all MLB starting staffs go through during the season. Well, the second six-game stretch of the past 12 games, the most recent six-game stretch, showed that that's exactly what it was. Again, if you go back to the last two games in Chicago and the four games against Pittsburgh, over that six-game stretch, 33 runs allowed by the Brave starters over 25 and one-thirds innings. But now let's shift to the last six games. The four against the Mets in New York and the last two against the Yankees. Over that six-game stretch, the Brave starters have allowed eight runs over their past six games. And it culminated with likely the best pitching performance we've seen from the Braves all season long on Tuesday. Yes, there have been times where the Braves have still run into trouble. Yes, there have been times where the Braves are still giving up walks more frequently than many would like. But they're working through the struggles. They're showing more confidence in their stuff. The defense is being more consistent as well. This Braves team is starting to figure out how, when they run into trouble, if they just continue to go with what works, it will eventually work itself out, just as the starting staff has shown it can do over the past week. The struggles that we saw a week ago, that's what they were. They were short sample size struggles. Nobody thought the Braves were as bad as they were then. The Braves probably are not as good starting pitching-wise as they are now, but I do think without a doubt where they were able to make adjustments based off the struggles that they had a week ago, and they were able to execute those adjustments over the past week, and it's led to much better results. And the biggest takeaway of all is that when this Braves team is getting effective starting pitching night in and night out. They're the most dominant team in baseball. You can show me all the numbers that you want to, show me all the results that you want to, how good the Dodgers have been in in the month of August. I, I get it. But when the Braves are getting the starting pitching like they are right now, there's no team that touches them in terms of dominance, and the recent results show that. Even if you may not feel, and it's true, even if you don't feel that the Braves are facing the best competition right now and the team's from New York, They are dominating for good reason because of their offense, but just as much because of how good the starting pitching has been. And it's great to see that the starting pitching made the needed adjustments, worked through its struggles a week ago, and now we're finally starting to see some consistent success. But the next step of that success is seeing Charlie Morton also have that success. If you go back to last Friday, Charlie Morton gave up no runs over five innings. But seven walks against the Mets. 
He made history in terms of a pitcher giving up no earned runs through five innings and seven walks. It's only been done like 10 times in Major League history. So while the surface results were good, at the end of the day, the results were good for Charlie Morton. The process to get there was still very rocky. What the Braves need to see Morton do is limit the walks early, thus limiting the damage, and hopefully find a way to get a little bit more swing and miss back in his game. He certainly still has that potential. But the big key for Charlie Morton, and what really will solidify the fact that the Braves pitching staff is going to be just fine moving forward, is him figuring out how to limit those walks. That has been something that has definitely caused him issue. When Charlie Morton has had issues this year, it's the big hit happening right after Charlie Morton went through a spurt where he didn't have the best of control. If Morton can put together a good start on Wednesday, if he can keep his control, limit the walks, and make sure he doesn't have the big inning early, the Braves once again should get the job done. They should be in good position to get the sweep. But as many others have said, right now for the Braves staff, it's process over over results, being in control, not giving up consistent hard contact, avoiding the big inning, All three of those things at times have plagued Charlie Morton this year, and if he can figure out how to prevent that from happening on Wednesday, not only should this Braves team get a series sweep, but the starting pitching through and through, they'll have made an entire round of the rotation where each and every starter has been highly effective. Even Yanni Chirinos, who ran into a bit of trouble on Sunday for much of his start, he looked good. But if Charlie Morton can get the job done and he can show that he's got his control in place to limit the walks and the potential beginning, that'll be another big boost to this brave staff moving forward. So a series sweep potentially on the horizon for Wednesday. Hopefully the Braves offense can continue to roll well to support a solid performance from Charlie Morton. Can't thank you enough for joining us here on the Daily Hammer, your daily news source when it comes to the Braves as part of the Battery Power Podcast Network. My name is Sean Coleman. You can find me at StatsSAC on Twitter. Make sure you check out all the great content at BatteryPower.com, at BatteryPowerSBN, across all forms of social media, and free on all podcast platforms. Until next time, go Braves. We'll talk to you again soon here on the Daily Hammer.